Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. I do, I am aware of the time today. I will endeavor to move quickly, although I know we have nothing but food and a park waiting on us for the rest of the day. But I do know people probably have other things that they need to get to. I did appreciate those testimonies, though. I'm thankful for what God is, God is doing. Amen. Brother Kermis, would you run up here real quick and help me out? I want you to grab that chair, that first chair on the front row on the end, and I want you to just turn it around and sit it out there. Turn it around and set it right there in the middle, facing out there. Thank you. All right. Thank you. That's all I need you to do. God bless you. You did an excellent job. <laughs> really great. Amen. Somebody say, this seat is empty. Amen. It's not, uh, it's not ideal uh, speaking when you're in a church. It's, it's, you don't want there to be an empty seat. Uh, you know, you, you say, well, people should know that they need to be in God's house, and people should want to be in God's house. And I agree with you 100% on that. The world that we live in today, uh, I want to be in God's house as much as I possibly can. Amen. I'm glad I'm here today. How about you? Amen. Amen. And, and, but I do want to point out that there's no member of this church that believes that God is only here. None of us in this room, as you just heard as we were speaking about street ministry, none of us believe that God can only be found in a church. We've all experienced God in a plethora of other places in our lives. We've all experienced God while we were driving down the road. We've experienced God sitting in our homes. Has anybody experienced God at the workplace or maybe in the supermarket or at the gas station? Have you ever ex- experienced God anywhere else in a, in a very powerful, I'm not talking about what you just thought, wow, look at that beautiful sunset, that God is alive, and I've had those moments and those are cool moments or whatever, but I'm talking about you experienced the presence of the Almighty, God. Anybody ever spoken in tongues anywhere else but the church house? Anybody ever broke through to the spirit anywhere else but the church house? I'm glad that I serve a God that you can experience anytime, anywhere, around anyone. It doesn't matter what's going on or what the situation is. We have a God who's there. Amen. We have a God who's there. Sister Gabrielle, correct me if I'm wrong, but you received the Holy Ghost in your car. Waiting for your sister to get off work. Sister Gabrielle was new in the faith, and she was doing Bible studies, and she was hungry, and she was wanting to receive the Holy Ghost. And uh, it wasn't like she just sat back. She would come and pray. But she wanted the Holy Ghost so bad, she went to pick her sister up from work one day, and her sister was late coming out. And she probably had some worship music on the radio. She started praying. And for the first time in her life, she spoke, amen, in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance, sitting in a parking lot in her car. Now, you know her today. Those of you that know her today know that you can always see her breaking through in prayer. She's always in the altar. She leads us out every Sunday morning, and she'll 
break into tongues, leading us out in prayer. If you're connected to her on social media, she lives out her faith very loud and very strong on social media. Amen. But she got the Holy Ghost for the first time, sitting in her car, waiting for her sister to come out of work. I have a God. We have a God that is everywhere. We have a God that can touch anyone at any time in any place. If we'll just open our hearts to him and we'll allow him to move, he's always ready. Somebody say he's always ready. Amen. He's always ready. I'm thankful that I don't have to run to this building to get to God. I'm so thankful for this building, and I'm not going to take the time to try to convince you. If you've been around very long, you know how I feel about this miracle that God has given us. But I'm so thankful that I don't have to run to this building uh, to get to where my God is. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 15 that the eyes of the Lord are in every place. Some they say every place. Now, most of us love that part of the verse, but there is a comma. It does go on a little bit. It does say, beholding the evil and the good. Amen. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. He is with me everywhere, even if I'm not with him everywhere. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. He's with me everywhere, even though if there's a, uh, there are places in my life where I like to imagine he can't see me. Or I like to imagine that he doesn't know what's going on. The truth of the matter is, is the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. The Lord sees everything. Whether I'm doing right or doing wrong, he is there. Now, if I give my flesh a vote, uh, my, my flesh doesn't like that verse. If I give my flesh a vote, my, my flesh would say, let's cut that one out of the scripture. Hey, Amen. we don't like that verse. But if I give my spirit a verse, uh, my spirit says, I'm thankful that the eyes of the Lord are upon me, uh, no matter where I'm at or what I'm doing. I'm thankful that the eyes of the Lord see me. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. When you really get to know the Lord, when you connect your life to him in a very real way, this is, this is never a hindrance that the eyes of the Lord are upon us all the time. That doesn't hinder you. It encourages you. When you really have a relationship with God, that doesn't bother you. It blesses you. Amen. We think of Joshua chapter 1. The Bible spoke and said, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Hallelujah. I feel that today. I feel that strength today. But I'm glad I can know that outside of this place, and no matter where I find myself in the world, I know that my God is for me. My God is with me. He's got my back. He's going to provide my strength. He's going to give me the wisdom. Anybody ever cried out to God and said, I don't know what to do, Lord? And all of a sudden, the wisdom of God just came flooding in, and direction came flooding in, and he reminded you, wherever you go, I'm with you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. I've got your back. Everything's going to work out all right. Amen. The truth is that when you interact with God on that level of relationship, no one needs to encourage you to go to church. Amen. That's just a reality. That's not a shot. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad today. But it's a reality. When you have that type of relationship with God, nobody has to make you go to church. Nobody has to convince you of the benefits of being at church. It's unnecessary. You will do whatever it takes to be in your seat at service time. And just so we're clear, nobody owns any seats around here. 
Amen. It's a first come, first serve. Amen. But you will do whatever you got to do to be in church come service time. You will have a seat filled come service time because uh, you've got a relationship with Jesus Christ. I know I can feel him in the supermarket. Uh, I know I can feel him in the frozen food aisle. But the frozen food aisle wasn't designed specifically for me to have church in. I know I can feel him at the workplace sitting at my desk. Uh, but hey, man, the, the supervisor doesn't always give time for a praise break. Uh, but I know when I'm in the house of God. I came here on purpose. I came here with one singular point, and that is to join together with other people and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that I can have a praise break. I know I can weep. I can cry. I can hit my knees or I can dance. I can sing out loud and worship God because I'm in the house of God. I'm in a place that is dedicated to his name and for his purpose. I'm in a place I can bring people to, and I can tell, come on, it's going to be all right. I promise you when you walk in there, you're going to feel the love of God's people and you're going to feel the love of God and you're going to feel the power of God and the presence of God and your life could be changed. Oh, how many are thankful for the house of God? How many are glad there's a seat that you could be sitting in today? Oh, hallelujah in the church house. Amen. I've been meaning to say this for several, several weeks now, but I want to congratulate you and compliment you on our worship and when we sing songs, there is such, you, this church sings so loud. When I, when I, what I love, I love being up here, and I got the monitors up here and all this stuff up here, so I, I'm here and I can hear the pray, everybody what they're doing. But what I love is so often I notice that I can hear your voices so loud coming your voice is singing your song and I look out at the crowd and people are just boldly and unashamedly lifting up their voice and song amen church is never designed to be a spectator sport this has always been about a place where we all participate we all come together we all lift up our voices we're not putting up a show on here for anybody we all came into the house of the Lord because we were glad to come to the house of the Lord because there was a place that we could come and be changed we could bring our care and cast our burdens down and call on the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody shall praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. David said this. You know it. It's pretty famous in Psalm 122. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Now, a lot of times we focus on David in that verse and we focus on the context and his perspective. We focus on the I and the me. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. But I also want us to notice the they and us portions of the passage. Amen. Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David was a worshiper, absolutely no doubt about it. You look up the word praise in the Bible and you'll find 248 different matches and 216 verses. Praise is a big biblical concept. Amen. Any religion that doesn't involve praise is just not reading the Bible. The praise is a biblical concept. 16 of those references are in the Old Testament. 11 of those uh, uh, Old Testament, 16 Old Testament books, 11 New Testament books. So it's not just a New Testament thing either. 
Amen. It's not just a modern church idea for people to praise and worship the Lord their God. That's been around since the very very beginning of humanity. But of those uh, 248 matches, 160 are written by David in the Psalms. There is no doubt he was a worshiper. There is no doubt he was a praiser. There are verses that talk about how he created instruments uh, just so people could play them to praise God on. That David said, we need to create some new instruments around here so that we can give God a new type of praise. He was a praiser. He was a worshiper. And David was fully capable of praising God all by himself outside of the temple. He, he liked the temple. He, he, he wanted to build the temple. He, he had a long conversation with God about being able to be a part of building the temple. And when God said, no, I'm leaving that for your son Solomon, David still gave greatly of his own possessions and made sure all of the things were necessary there for his son to be able to lead the people in building the temple. David loved the house of God. Uh, David wanted to be in the house of God. Uh, David wouldn't let anything stand between him and the house of God. He'd be adored keeper in the house of God. I'll do whatever I got to do. I just want to be in the church house. I just want to be in my seat come service time. I just want to be there to see what God is going to do today. Oh, hallelujah. He was fully capable of praising God all by himself outside of the temple. In the well-known battle against the giant Goliath, David fought alone. He had an army behind him, but no one else stepped out onto the battlefield by his side. But that did not stop David. In fact, he begins to speak, and his fighting words of faith were a praise unto his God in 1 Samuel 17. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God, and now he's going into praise now, the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take my, thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day under the fowls of the air to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. It's bold talk. It's bold talk, but it's faith talk. It's faith talk. It's praise. He's declaring before the battle's even fought that he's going to be victorious, not because of who he is, but because of who his God is. It's a praise about how powerful and mighty his God is. And maybe you decided to fill one of these seats today because you have a giant in your way. Maybe that's why you're here. Maybe you came because you've got a giant in your way and you said, I need to get uh, and I need to sit down and be a part of what God's doing today in the house of the Lord. I need to be there in one of those seats because I've got a giant. Can I tell somebody this morning sitting in that seat was an act of faith all by itself? Oh, man, you may not feel like it. You may be still sitting there right now thinking, I hope I can overcome this giant. I hope I hope I can get what I need today. I hope pastor says what I need to hear today. Let pastor tell you something. You've already had an act of faith today. When you got in your car and drove to the church house, that was an act of faith. That was a blow to the devil. When you got out of your car and walked in here, that was a punch to the devil's face. When you come and sit down in a seat and you begin to sing a song, the devil was getting really scared because he was hoping that giant was going to keep you away from your place today. But you determined in your heart, I got a giant in front of me, but I'm still going to the house of God. I got a giant trying to defeat me, but I'm still going to the house of God. I'm dealing with pain in my body, sickness. I got issues in my home or my family, but I'm going to the house of God. 
Oh, hallelujah. You've already stepped onto the battlefield just by showing up today. Just by showing up today, you've already stepped out. There are people all over this room that would have come all by themselves today. In fact, there are people all over this room that you'd be here even if you were the only one that came. I know that about you. I know that about you. Even if you were the only one that came, you'd be here. Because it's not about who's here and who's not here. Amen. It's not better, not about what if they're going to sing the song I like or don't sing the song I like. It's not about that. It's about I'm going to the church house uh, because me and Jesus are going to have some uh, conversations today. Uh, I'm going to do some prayer today. I got some stuff to lay on the altar today to get under the blood today. Uh, I want to sing some songs to my God. He's been too good to me to sit at home on a Sunday. He's been too good for me to get uh, uh, miss out on a Wednesday. He's been too good to me to push aside something else that God wants to do and just do what I want to do. I want to go to the house of God. And I want to let the Lord know how thankful I am for what he's done in my life. Oh, hallelujah. You know the power of a seat in the sanctuary. Oh, hallelujah. Some of you are here today and you've already started telling your giant that your victory is at hand. You've already started telling your giant, you better... Keep on talking just a little bit longer, giant, because you're about to get shut up permanently. It's about to be over for you. I can feel faith rising in the sanctuary already. People are just saying, I just, I'm just ready for it. God's going to bring me victory today. David could do it all by himself if he had to. He could encourage himself in the Lord. But what he says is, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. David had some people in his life who were like him. He had some people who genuinely loved him. He had some people who genuinely loved God. He had some people in his life who mattered to him. Some people that he knew if he was ever in a situation where he needed to be reminded, they would come to him and say, we need to go to the house of the Lord. He had connected his lives to people that were like him, who loved God, who loved to worship God, who loved to praise God, who had committed their lives to God, so that when something went wrong in his home, or with his child, or with his family, or when he was battling sickness, or he was struggling, there were people he knew that were going to come to him and say, hey, come on, David, let's go to the house of the Lord. Maybe you need to be reminded, David, there's a seat with your name on it in the house of God. There's an empty seat waiting on you, David. There's going to be a place for you no matter what the devil tried to tell you. We've come to tell you there's a place for you in the house of God. No matter what lies you've been dealing with, no matter what kind of condemnation you've been under, we've come to tell you, come on with us to the house of the Lord. I've got to tell you, there's been times in my life when I was glad that they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. I was glad that I had friends and family members, elders and others that would call me or text me and say, come on, brother, let us go unto the house of the Lord because there's a seat for you. There's a place for you. There's an empty seat there. Amen, that you can sit in and you can feel God. 
and you can be blessed. Hallelujah. The empty seat is there. Now, that seat there, maybe there's the empty seat next to you. Maybe that seat is empty today because someone wasn't faithful to God's house. That's a bummer. sad. It's heartbreaking. It's devastating. Maybe it's someone that normally would always be there, but they're not there now. Maybe they prioritize something else in their life today. And so there's an empty seat because someone's not faithful to God's house. But it also may be empty because we want to make sure there's a place for everyone. I got to tell you, I choose to look at it as the latter. I, if for no other reason, but it just keeps me sane. When you're a pastor, an empty seat, when you look out over a crowd and somebody who normally sits there isn't sitting there, it can, it can be a problem for you. It can be a struggle. I can't tell you the number of times that I've sat up here and looked out and I saw empty seats where people should normally be sitting and the devil's trying to tell me, oh, see, you lost them. You lost them. See, they're already, they're already fading on you. They were red hot for a while. They were super excited about when God came in and started turning their whole life around. Man, they couldn't do anything but talk about God. He was just changing everything, breaking down walls. He was just healing everything, fixing everything. But now everything's kind of good. Now they're fading on you. The devil loves to use that. And if I chose to today, I could look at all these empty seats and I could think about the people that aren't here that should be here. And I could think about how the people, unfaithfulness or whatever, but I'm not going to do that today. In fact, I'm not going to do that any day because I choose to look at it as faith. I choose to look at it as there's an empty seat because we want to make sure there's room for everybody who wants to be here. I choose to say there's an empty seat because if somebody walks through, if a guest walks through with the family, they're going to have a place to sit. If all of a sudden your neighbor says, you know what, maybe we will come to church with you this Sunday and a brand new family comes walking in, I want to make sure there's room for the family in the house of God. Maybe somebody just pulls in the parking lot one Sunday and comes walking in and they don't even have any idea what they're coming into. There's got to be an empty seat there. There's got to be an empty seat. You say, well, what are you going to do with your fill up all the seats. We'll just get more. We'll just build bigger and we'll get more. But there will always be an empty seat in the house of God because there's always God. Oh, your pastor, I've been inviting my family. Pastor, I had some invitations at work today. Pastor, we had success on the street ministry this week. Pastor, I told my Facebook friend they could get what they need in the house of the Lord. I hear this stuff all the time. You're telling me this stuff all the time. And so it most motivates me to make sure I got an empty seat in the house of the Lord so when these people come to Jesus there's a place for them to come and sit and hear and learn and experience God 
Oh, hallelujah. So the devil can just shut up a little bit because we see it as faith. We see it as faith that there's people that are still on their way to the house of God. There's people that are still hungry and they just haven't come yet. Oh, hallelujah. Have you ever stopped to think that before you found your seat, it was an empty seat? Did you ever think about that? Before you came, there was... There was an empty seat. Somebody had enough love and compassion to make sure there was a place for you. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody cared enough, and they had a Jesus heart enough to make sure there was room for you when you come to the house of the Lord. Oh, I'm thankful for the empty seat. I'm thankful for the empty seat because God is here. Oh, hallelujah. God is here. It's an act of faith. It's an act of faith. The last page of the Bible declares in Revelation 22, and the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. The spirit of God is still saying, come. Come. There's room for you. Come. Come. There's a place for you. Come. And if the Spirit of God is saying that, and I'm filled with the Spirit of God, then I should be saying, come on. Come on out. There's a place for you. I'll pick you up. I'll take you home. You can sit by me. Amen. There's a place for you. Come. If you're thirsty, come. If you're hungry, come. If you're desperate, come. If you don't know what to do, come. There's a seat. We have room for you. Hallelujah. And if you've walked away from God, let me just talk to anybody that may be watching online today by faith. I don't know who's watching, but if you're watching online today and you've walked away from God, you hear this, Pastor, you come on home. You come on home. There's a seat here for you. Nobody's cut you off. Nobody's given up on you. There's a, oh, I wish I could get some help in the house of the Lord today. Come on, somebody turn around and look at a camera and tell them, you come on back to the home. You come on back to the house of God. You come on back to the family. We got room for you. You can sit by us. You can come and be our guest. There's love waiting on you, brother. There's love waiting on you, sister. There's mercy in the house of the Lord. We've all had our ups and downs. We've all fallen, but we had people that said, I was glad when they they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We were in the pit, but somebody came along and put us out. We were in darkness, but somebody reminded us of the light. Hallelujah, there's an empty seat. There's an empty seat. Oh, hallelujah. There's an empty seat. Just for you. Now, God is here and we are here. Let me talk to us a little bit. I want to turn our attention to ourselves as I wrap this up. My question to you is, is your seat empty? And what I mean by that is, you're sitting there, but do you represent an empty vessel in your seat today? We've been talking about others. We've been preaching about others. Now we're going to look at ourselves a little bit. You're here. You're here. But are you a vessel? 
that God can pour some things into today. Your seat is full with your physical body, but is there an empty vessel God can work with in your seat? Or did you walk in here today with a lot of junk filling your heart? Did you come in here today full of anger or hate, confusion or doubt, full of discouragement? Are you filled up with fear today? Are you carrying around the effects of trauma? Are you filling your vessel with pills or poison in an attempt to find peace in your life? Is your, is your vessel full of junk and pain? I need to tell you, God is here. And you are here. So the potential... Is powerful. The potential is powerful. The simple fact is this. God fills empty vessels. If we want to hang on to us and what defines us and what controls us, then God cannot pour his promises into our lives. Did you hear me or do I need to say it again? If we're trying to hang on to us, we're trying to hang on to what defines us and controls us. God cannot pour his promise into our lives. But if we decide today to empty ourselves of all that has defined and dictated our lives, God is ready to pour out of himself into empty vessels today. He's ready to pour of himself into us, into our hearts. He's ready to pour healing today. You hear this preacher, he's ready to pour deliverance today. He's ready to pour forgiveness and direction and provision. He's just looking for an empty vessel. He's just looking for an empty vessel. In 2 Chronicles 16, it says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro. He is searching the entire world right now, looking for a vessel to fill. Do you hear me? He's searching the entire world looking for a vessel to fill. He is searching us right now. He is searching us. We came to the house of God. We sat down in a seat. We made, that was an act of faith. We've already got the devil squirming. And God is looking at us. And he's looking at us and he's thinking, okay, will they empty themselves and allow me to fill them. Will they pour out the junk and pour out the nonsense and pour out the heartache and pour out the pain and pour out the lingering effects of the trauma and pour out their will? Will they pour out their own will 
and empty themselves today with faith that I'm going to fill them. He wants to show himself strong, the writer says. It means he wants to strengthen. He wants to cure. He wants to help. He wants to repair. He wants to fortify. It means all of those things. He wants to show himself strong. See, God is always strong. He's always all-powerful, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. He's always all of those things. He is never anything less. But he wants. You see, God has a desire today. He has all the power to do all the things that we could possibly need. But he's searching for an empty vessel. Because he's not going to pick you up, turn you upside down, shake you by your legs to get all that junk out. He's looking for you to have faith in him today. He's looking for you to believe that you can come to this altar and pour yourself out. That you could come to the foot of the cross and pour yourself out. And that he could fill you. But see the us. The us that's in the way has to be poured out first before he can fill me with all of his promises. The me that's in the way. Because if if we think that we can solve it and we can fix it and we'll figure it out, then we're just too full of us. But if we're ready to empty ourselves out, God is ready to fill us up. As long as you think that you can do it on your own, then you will have to do it on your own. But the moment you say, God, I can't do it on my own, I don't even want to try anymore. I'm just going to dump all this stuff out in this altar. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Just dump it out. Don't worry about it. It's all right. This is the house of God. I know we like it. We try to make it look nice and we try to take care of it. But when it comes to the junk that we got inside ourselves, don't hesitate for a second. Just dump it all out in the altar. Just dump it all out. You've been carrying around some putrid trash in your spirit for a long time. And it stinks and it smells. You don't worry about it. We're okay with it. You just dump it out in the altar today. You've had fear that's been battling you forever. Dump it out in the altar today. You're holding on to issues and you've got pain and trauma in your life. Dump it out in the altar today. Sin is in our lives. Things that we willingly did that we know were against God and that God despises them. But yet we have a God who says you're going to come on up here today and don't even hesitate for a second. Dump that out. Repent of your sins and dump that out in my altar today because the blood that shed at Calvary is still flowing. And it's like a river that flows right through this 
salt. You dump it out. It's just going to get washed away in the blood. You dump it out. It's just going to be, oh, hallelujah, though my sins be as crimson. He's going to wash them white as snow. Stand with me today, if you would, please. Oh, hallelujah. But the me is in the way. The psalmist said it like this in 62. My soul wait thou only upon God. My expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. The psalmist is declaring there, it's not about me, it's about him. I can't do it, but he can. I'm nothing, but he's everything. I'm the creation. He's the creator. He is God, and I am not. Hallelujah. He's declaring that. But then look what he says in the very next verse, verse 8. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So is your seat empty today? Is your seat empty? Do you represent an empty vessel? Because if you're an empty vessel, God can fill you today. He can fill you with the joy you've been looking for. He can fill you with the courage you've been needing. He can fill you with the peace that you haven't been able to find anywhere else. He can fill you if you'll pour yourself out. Would you lift your hands and begin to talk to the Lord right now? Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's talk to Jesus. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you, and we hope you have a great week.